Welcome back to GA Fan TV. My name is Aaron. I'm delighted to be joined here by Seamus Brady from the Play on GA podcast. We're going to be running through all the weekend's football action. We're going to be discussing, I suppose, the disappointment performance of Dublin yesterday and I suppose the missed opportunity that was there for us common. We'll also be looking at the Derry and Monaghan draw, Cork's big win, uh, obviously away to Loud, and of course Armagh grinding out the victory versus Westmead. We'll be discussing the hurling as well, but that'll be on a, a separate show tomorrow. Uh, we're going to pre-record that after this one, um, so that'll be out tomorrow. Obviously a lot to a lot to discuss there as well, in fairness, but I suppose first of all, Seamus, a uh, very busy weekend of, uh, of football action. I mean, just the four games, but plenty of talking points is there, as there seems to always be in the football championship, and especially with that Dublin-Roscommon game. I mean, I don't know what you're thinking, but for myself anyway, I still don't know if I've even calmed down after what well, was such a disappointment, disappointing performance in more ways than one. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, I think it was a weekend where none of the four games from the championship, like I was just flicking through them in my head there when you were introducing it. Like, I don't think any game went kind of according to plan. Like Armagh beat Westmead, yeah, but it was by nowhere near the level that we thought they would. Cork beat Loud, yeah, okay, I predicted, myself and Matthew predicted that that would happen. Um, and then the Dublin vs. Common game, that was just, uh, we'll get into that, but hmm. like, where I'm do still you here go right right yeah. No, no, I, I've, I've taken over your show, Aaron, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah. We still have you here. We still have you. There we go. Um, all good now. All good. All good. Now just just fi fixing up the camera ever so slowly because a bit of a bit of a different setup here. So I just have to make sure it all uh, it all looks good. But I think we're I think we're good to go now. Yeah. No, so I was just saying that apart from really the Cork Loud game, I think there's an argument there that no game went according to plan. No game. Like particularly the Dublin Moss Common one that definitely did not go to plan. Derry Monaghan as well. Like. Look, I know Monaghan put in a, a much better performance this time, but Derry do look way off where they were, in my opinion. Like, here's a hard fact for you. In the first two games of the championship, Derry hit four goals and 38 points. In the 270 minutes since, they've hit 124. So, I mean, that, that tells you what you need to know. Yeah, and it's mad as well, even looking at the, the group stages, because I've seen a statistic that even came out there, like... All of the sides who've gotten to provincial finals, only two of them have actually won, um, and that was actually Galway and Armagh. And when you look at Armagh's victory, as you said, there was less than impressive in fairness. Um, whereas Galway, Galway grinded it out against Tyrone, and Tyrone were obviously down to 14 men. But then you look at the other provincial winners, obviously Dublin didn't win, Kerry didn't win, um, a lot of the beaten finalists obviously didn't win, Sligo drew at Kildare, uh, Loud obviously got bet by Cork, so... Like, do you think the group stages? I mean, the group stage is an interesting one, but obviously, like, with the fact that sides got the provincial finals and won their provincial titles, like, a lot of them, in fairness, didn't get like a lot of them didn't get a huge break or didn't get a huge layoff. And you're looking at a couple of the sides, obviously, who have had a, a long layoff, who have had a long break. Like, a lot, a lot, a lot of them played very well in a lot of those games. So, like, what's your thoughts been on uh, on the group stages so far? I think it's interesting that you'd look at it and say, like the most, I'd say the most impressive turnarounds have happened, in my opinion, for Mayo and probably for Donegal. 
in terms of like that Mayo had that victory, you know, against Kerry down in Killarney. Donegal had that victory against Clare where they kind of turned it around in a period of the game where Clare looked like they were guaranteed to kind of go on and push on and win that game. Whereas then Donegal had a lot of time to think about that result, to think about how wrong it had gone for them. Same thing with Mayo. Had a lot of time to think about the Roscommon game, a lot of time to build back up their energies. And I feel like, and Cork as well, another team that had a big long break, time to think about that loss, come back and get the victory. It is maybe an interesting point that in a year that's been so packed every week is in, is the next round of fixtures. It is interesting to see that the teams that have got the breaks are the teams that uh, have uh, gotten off to the better start here. Yeah, it is interesting, all right, like because. I suppose, yeah, like there, there is so much sort of like up and down nature to the to the group stages. And then, as you said, like the fact that some teams have had a bit of a and they've obviously gone into the season, um, you know, or gone into the gone into these group stages in much better form. Whereas a lot of the sides have won their provincial championships have uh, have gone on in a bit of a, I suppose, a, a not so good form. So I'd be curious to know even people watching as well, like what they're what their opinions are on it. But I suppose we'll start with the action in, in Crow Park yesterday. It was Dublin, 1-11, Roscommon, 14 points. Um, haven't had a chance to watch the game back since being at the game yesterday, to be honest with you. I'll definitely try and watch it back maybe tomorrow at some stage to, to actually see see the game more. But yeah, like from a from a Dublin perspective, obviously very disappointed. I mean, we never really got going until the start of the second half. Like we had a good period at the, at the start of the second um, Roscommon setting up very similar to what we've seen of Kildare a couple of weeks ago. Dublin seemed to be really struggling to break down blanket defences now all of a sudden, which was something we were actually quite good at under the, in the Jim Gavin era, sort of post-2014, in my opinion. And we just hugely struggled. And Roscommon, like in fairness, they'll be, kick, they'll be kicking themselves waking up this morning thinking they haven't won in Crow Park in a championship game in 43 years. That was the perfect opportunity to go and do so. But not so good from Dublin, decent from Roscommon. What was your opinion? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, it was there for them. And I think the main one was looking at some of the decisions that they made at key moments. Like, Downey Smith's chance is the one that, like, when he came on the loop and hit it with his left. Dermot Murta as well, going for the absolute Hail Mary of a shot right at the end. And then Connor Cox taking an outside of the boot shot from outside the 45 to win the game. And I was like, why Why did you not bring up Connor Carroll? Let him put it on the deck and let him have a crack at it from distance. We'd seen that he had the range. We'd seen that he had the distance. Why did you leave it? Like, I, like you'll know this. Like, How many times do you mess around with your mates kicking a ball outside of the boot from that type of distance? You know yourself it's a one in 10 shot. Like realistically, like it's a, it's a hard, hard shot to pull off, even for somebody as talented as Connor Cox is. And immediately, as soon as it left his boot, you knew it was going nowhere near the crossbar. And this is like, I watched your video immediately reacting to the game. And I completely agree. I don't think Ross Common were even at their best. Like Ross Common weren't at their best. That wasn't as good as I've seen Ross Common play. But Dublin, on the other hand, were well below the levels that Dublin are capable of. And I, I do I do want to actually throw this back to you because I genuinely think this is the weirdest couple of years following Dublin that I think I've ever had. 
I think like the mid 2000s was kind of like we knew where we stood. We were a good team, but we struggled to get over your Kerry's, your Tyrone's, your Armas, Mayo's, teams like that. And then, then obviously 2010s, we were the best team in Ireland from about 2011 to from about 2011 to 2021. We were the best team in Ireland until Mayo beat us. And now we're in a really weird era where we've like on paper, we have pretty much the same team that we had a couple of years ago when we were winning all Ireland's, but we completely change in every game. One game we look fantastic. Then the next game we look very beatable. It's a, I think, would you agree? I think it's the weirdest era to support Dublin. It definitely is. All right. And I say it's definitely a reality check, maybe for a lot of the, the younger supporters, who, who maybe grown up seeing Dublin obviously win the six in a row and, you know, even before that as well with 2011 and 2013, like in the decade of the 2010s, you only had to go more than a year without Dublin winning an All-Ireland. So we were definitely, we were definitely quite spoiled. But yeah, I don't know what it is like to be honest, because I was even thinking of that. And like when you, when you actually think back to it, that, you know, when Dublin won that All-Ireland in, in 2020, obviously under Desi Farrell, since then, like there hasn't really been too many games really where you can say Dublin played really, really well, and especially against a good team. Like, fair enough, in that mini league, sort of, you know, just after the All Ireland win at the start of 2021, you know, we were okay against Kerry. Like, we beat Galway, beat uh, Donegal, I think, as well. But how much you can read into them, I don't know. In the Leinster Championship that year, we were dreadful, nearly got beat by, by Mead. Uh, if people don't forget, remember that game against Wexford, obviously, as well. And we obviously end up losing the game versus Mayo in the All Ireland semi finals and sort of threw that game away after after looking so good. And then last year in the league, we played seven games, lost five, winning two, go into the Leinster Championship and look pretty good. But again, the level of opposition that we're playing is clearly not of the standard of Division One and probably, and definitely not of the standard of anyone even coming close to winning in All Ireland. We had. A good second half against Kerry, but you could argue Kerry just let us back into that game, to be honest with you. Like they missed the penalty with Sean O'Shea. They didn't mm-hmm. capitalize after the, the black card from, from Evan Comerford as well. Um and then and then this year as well, like when you look through the league, like against Mead, I thought we were all right. Derry in the first half, we looked good. Loud in the Leinster final, we looked good. Every other performance was fairly abject. Could have got beat to Clare, could have got beat to to, to loud in in the league could have you know Kildare could have possibly beaten us Cork should have beaten us as well and then Russ Common should have beaten us yesterday so when you actually look at it like this this decline from Dublin it's not overnight it's it's been happening for the last couple of years and and maybe now people are becoming more white to it yeah I, I agree with you I, look what was the game before the Kerry game last year was it the Leinster like just jog my memory it was actually Cork in the quarterfinals. And again, Cork it was another game that yeah. didn't so, really look amazing, to be honest. So let's let's go through this. When when Dublin beat Mayo in the 2020 final, and I know that is an extreme like bending of the rules, but when Dublin beat Mayo in the 2020 final, Mayo had been relegated to Division 2 that year. Mm. They had played in Division 1. But for, for Dublin's last win over a team that was in Division 1 that would be playing next year in Division 1. I think you have to go back to the 2019 win over Kerry. Because 2020, we beat only the Leinster teams, then beat Cavan in the semi-final and beat Mayo in the final. 
2021, we won Leinster and then went out to Mayo in the semi-final. 2022, we went through Leinster and beat Cork in the quarterfinal, then lost to Kerry. Is it like, is it that far ago? Or am I missing something or like? Yeah, no, like I think you you could be you could be onto a good point there. Like I think you could argue I know, like, even the Mayo, that... the Mayo one, realistically, right? Mayo were always a division one team and we're a division one team that year. So you'd say we haven't beaten a division one team since our all Ireland final clinching performance. I think that's more fair to say. But like mm. that's still a shockingly long time without a big win in the championship for Dublin. That definitely is all right, yeah. Like, and as you said, like with 2020, like even a few people are commenting here. Like Rory says here, we won it in 2020 because they were coming off the back of uh, of Jim Gavin's style of play. Um, even A2 says here, Desi is just absolutely clueless. His post match interview is so painful uh, to watch. In in an interesting one we about it, that, we like, won it in Matt Aaron. We won it in 2020 mm. because Donegal and Kerry dropped the ball. That's why we won it in 2020. Mm. I think. Yeah. Kerry, you're playing court. Yeah, because when you think playing two wing backs at wing forward in that game, that was the worst Kerry performance I've ever seen. And then Jack O'Connor comes in, you know, two years later, and all of a sudden they're, you know, super tight at the back and all Ireland winners. Like, that's not by chance. O'Connor should have got that job long before he did, I think. Oh, I think we're back here. My we're internet back, we're back, really... we're back. Yeah, I don't know what happened to my internet there, but um, what you were saying there anyway about uh, about Dublin's poor performance anyway in, in twenty twenty. I'll just run through some uh, some comments here. Maybe uh, test case says here uh, if the comment does the soil. There we go. I don't know what's going on. We're, we're, having, a, <laughs> we're, having, a, we're having a bit of a mirror, I think, uh, phone or uh, internet-wise here at the minute anyway, but we're, we're, on the, we're on the mobile device. This is the problem when you when you do these lives sometimes. You can have all these all these uh, sorts of... Uh, yeah, all, all, all these kind of technical issues and everything else. Um, but yeah, like I suppose, I suppose from a Dublin perspective, like in general, because I was even thinking as well, like in terms of the... The decline that we were mentioning, like in terms of the fact we do look so poor and we have looked so poor at times so far this year, like what's what's even the reason that you, you'd even put it down to, like in uh, in in your opinion, 
Like, is is it management? Is it players just getting older, or what would you put it down to? Good question. Um, I think I've seen some stats. I think it was, and look, you would never be the type to to point fingers and say to you know blame certain players and individuals and stuff like that. But I've seen it. Like a colleague of mine at work told me that um, Mayo's only re- survivor from their 2013 All Ireland final team was Aid Noche. And Dublin still, apparently, I was quoted at nine players that still start relatively consistently for Dublin from that 2013 All-Ireland final team. So, like, obviously, you've got Cluxton, you've got Fitzsimons, McCarthy, um, you've got Mannion, like, Dean Rock is in there as well, like Costello, Kilkenny. Like, still, Dublin have not changed since then really if you think about it we haven't got the injection of talent coming through the ranks the only players that have really come through since like the only players that they think about it since 2019 who's come into this team like lee gannon is obviously one that's come in david o'hannon looked like he was one that was coming but then for some reason desi farrell just kind of decided that he was going to go back to cluxton and um i feel like that's a definite motivator if you're talking about for Dublin, like that's a definite motivator. If you're talking for Dublin, like the fact that there's no real competition coming through, there's no lads coming up saying, I'm going to take your jersey, I'm going to take your place if you don't, you know, get your levels up. You look at what happened to Tyrone, Tyrone 2021, best team in Ireland, all Ireland champions. Few lads leave the panel, the competition dies down. Tyrone haven't won. A big championship game since they've won one championship game since their all Ireland championship uh, victory. So I think for Dublin, that's where you need to start. There hasn't been the the streamline of talent coming through that there once was. Yeah, I think so as well. Like I think it's it's a hard one to know because as you said, like squad wise, when you look at the players that are there, when you look at the players that are available to us, like bringing Cluxton back, back, obviously bringing Jack McCaffrey back bringing Paul Mannion back into the side as well. Like it's just been, it's been so disappointing as well to see the the drop off in the performances. Um, well, Mannion and McCaffrey well, made sense yeah. because they're what, late twenties, but Cluxton coming back at four, like Cluxton's over. <laughs> Stephen Cluxton is older than Davy Burke. Yeah. <laughs> like, there you go. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But what what was your thoughts on on Russ Common's performance then? Obviously, from from their perspective, I mean, they definitely done a lot right, like in terms of how they were defensively set up. But in terms of the like, in terms of not seeing the game through, like the game was definitely there from them. Four points up at half time, you felt like they were there. You felt like it was going to be their day at one point. Yeah, I thought they clearly had come with a game plan. They'd come with a game plan that they they really thought this is how we're going to beat Dublin. And um, do you know what? They hung on to the ball really, really well. They pressured Dublin really, really well. And their shot selection, I thought, was really, really good. Their their decision-making on, right, now I'm going to pull the trigger, was really, really good. Forwards like Ben O'Carroll, Kieran Murta, Dermot Murta looked fantastic in the first half, caused Dublin a lot of problems. And then what I was really, really impressed with from Roscommon was how they handled the Dublin goal. Because I have to say, when I was in the stadium and that goal went in and Costello then immediately scored the point, like I just immediately thought, this is where Ross Common fold. This is where this is where so many teams have looked good for 
you know, 40 minutes against Dublin, you know, been right there with us, haven't been as far ahead as they should be. Bang, Dublin hit 1-1, one, one, the game's level. Then they take the lead. And now this is where Dublin kick on and, and destroy Roscommon. And just the way Roscommon just held them and just let the momentum die down. I thought they handled that period really, really well. And, you know, to put into perspective that heading into added time, Dublin were two points up and Roscommon still came back and nabbed the draw. So I think they were fantastic at stages, but I also think they left it behind them. I think that I think Roscommon were about an eight out of ten in terms of their performance, in terms of their ability. I don't think that they were at their absolute best. Downey Smith taking that shot on. I don't think he, you know, he'd be happy that he missed that one. Damon Murta, look, it's hindsight. If that had gone an inch more, it would have been probably one of the points of the year. <laughs> but you know, it didn't. And then when you're looking back at it, saying this isn't results-based analysis. If even if that went over the bar, it still wasn't the right decision to make in terms of stats, in terms of how likely are you to put that ball over the bar. You probably shouldn't have gone for it. Dermot Murta went for it. Connor Cox is free as well. Again, as I said, that's a one in ten shot at best. Why are you going for that? So they just they left it behind them in a way that I didn't think they would. I thought the minute that they got that free, I thought surely Connor Carroll is gonna come up and have a crack at this. And I was very surprised when he didn't. So a good performance by Roscommon, but I do think that they will be annoyed that they didn't win because especially when Davy Burke has seen all the fiasco going on with Kildare and Dublin, I think he would have loved to have beaten the Dubs in Croke Park to prove to Kildare that you can beat Dublin even if they have all the advantages. Yeah, and it would have been some way as well to, to, to I suppose, end the, the voodoo that Roscommon have in Croke Park. Like when you think back to the last... 40 years or so like obviously 43 43 years without a win in, in the championship in crow park like that would have been would have been some story from a from a from a roscommon point of view but like interesting enough even from a dublin perspective as well i was looking at the the bookies there earlier today and i was looking at odds checker a lot of people still have dublin as all Ireland favorites which as we were saying earlier like off the performances we've seen so far this year off the decline of the last couple of years and even from speaking to, you know, listening on the Sunday game and speaking to pundits and everything else, a lot of people still have Dublin as, as favourites and a lot of people still believe that they will click into gear at some point over the over the next coming months uh, or over the next coming weeks in terms of an all on a court final or, or maybe even beyond that. But like, what's your what's your opinion on that? Because as, as Dublin fans, like we've seen how poor we've been at times this year. So what like is it just sentiment that a lot of people still have Dublin as favourites or or what's your thinking? Yeah, I think a lot of people still see Dublin as the prime. Like, I think the prime Dublin, like the best Dublin I've seen in terms of a game where I walked away thinking, wow, we've witnessed something special was Mayo 2019, that semi final when Mayo came out in the second half, having given Dublin a right good first half. Dublin blew Mayo away in that third quarter and the most awesome display. Probably actually Tyrone 2017 as well, that semi final, that was as good a performance as I've ever seen. And that's what happens. Like we as fans, you know, tend to almost crystallize those memories and that those teams become frozen in time. It's like, no, they, they have gotten older. They're not as good anymore. These guys aren't as good as they used to be. It's it's what a lot of people do across sports, like across sports, like Conor McGregor coming back. Everyone's, you know, talking up, you know, his yeah. chances of going for the, the lightweight belt again. Not a chance. Mm-hmm. Like people crystallize these memories and they stay forever in their prime in your head. But the reality is this Dublin team isn't as good 
as they were in 2017, as they were in 2019. They're not as good. This is Dublin now. And the reality is, what have we seen from Dublin now? We've seen a team that can be awesome, but can also be really, really beatable in games as well. And um, yeah, no, that, that comment there makes sense a lot as well. Like, have we seen Dublin in the trenches dig a game out under Desi Fowl? Hmm. Yeah, no, we we definitely haven't. Like, and, and that's been in the, the trenches. Issue, right? yeah. When when Derry put Dublin in the trenches up in Owen Beg, what happened? We lost. Hmm. Hmm. So I don't know. It's a hard one. Yeah, it's it, it's an interesting one, all right. Because anytime the going really has got tough under Desi, like you'd say, we have we have somewhat choked, or we have sort of uh, we have sort of fallen apart. There were. Plenty of uh, comments in here. A few people going on about the internet connection. Should hopefully be okay now. I'm connected off my uh, my hotspot. I'm in a different area of the house, just uh, trying to test a few different things out. So that could be the the issue for the uh, for the internet problem there. But just running through some comments, Mikey says it just takes one big win against Kildare to start the Dublin hype train again. They're still a top four team, in my opinion. Um, Sam says the Dublin drop is real, lads. It's just another evolving team and management who just haven't and probably won't hit the uh, the heady heights of the Gavin years. And Dave says Crow Park is no place for uh, for old men, says there. But um, yeah, no, I think it's some interesting points. And I think, look, uh, you know, going away to Kildare, I suppose not away from home, really. Obviously, it's in Nolan Park, so it's more of a of a neutral venue. Um, but look, I mean, you, you would look at it and think Kildare, Kildare, like, especially after the performance they gave to us, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago in Crow Park in that Leinster semi-final. Like, it's not, although Kildare have been quite poor themselves this year, it's not inconceivable that they don't put in a good performance against us. And, like, even predicting a Dublin win, like, I think most people would fancy Dublin to win that game, but it's definitely not a sure thing. No, it's not. It's definitely not a sure thing. It's it's never a sure thing. As I said when we were chatting about how it's a weird thing to be a Dublin fan right now, like it's never a sure thing that Dublin are going to win these games. Like it's they could make this game really really difficult for themselves. Let's not forget the last time Dublin played Kildare outside of Croke Park, Kildare won. Mm. So it's one of those things that we have to keep that fresh in our heads. Kildare lost to Dublin by two points and ran out of steam on Croke Park's, you know, gigantic pitch last time they played each other. And Kildare should have won that day. Please, please just start Kevin Feely. Start Daniel Flynn. Start Jimmy Highland. If they are free, fit and ready to go, start your best players. Mm. You didn't start them the last time and you came within two points. Try get those lads onside. And I actually expect that to be a really dangerous game for Dublin. Because if anybody will get those Kildare lads firing to 100%, it's Dublin. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. Like I think they, they raised their game, obviously, against us a couple of weeks ago. So there's no reason why they can't uh, raise their game again. I suppose we'll move on then and we'll have a look at the Derry and Monaghan game, which obviously finished 14 points apiece. Um, a game that ebbed and flowed for, for large parts. Obviously, Monaghan led going down the home stretch and then Derry were able to drag it back with a couple of late points from Shane McGuigan. Uh, Carl O'Connell obviously leveled the, the game with the, the last kick of the ball. We've seen Rory Began score an absolute peach of a point close down nearby the sideline as well. 
Uh, great game in some ways, like I mean, especially in the second half. Like it was a bit slow enough in the first half, and maybe not the most entertaining in the first. In fairness, um, but Monaghan looked that they'll be a little bit disappointed that they didn't come out of Celtic Park with the win, and I think that says a lot with you know how this game actually went. Um, but what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, huge difference from um, the Ulster semi-final, obviously. I like Monaghan that day, the only man, in my opinion, that stood up to the nail and, and you know, led from the front was Carl O'Connell. Quite fitting that he's the man that hits the equaliser for them in this game. Yeah, like, just the main point is that all of a sudden, Derry's attack doesn't look as free-flowing as it did uh, in the first two games. And I think a lot of people were, you know, talking up Derry as All-Ireland contenders, etc., Look, 14 points won't be enough to beat Galway. It won't be enough to beat Mayo. It won't be enough to beat Kerry, to beat Dublin. And um, they'll need to score more. That's two games in a row now where they've scored less than 15 points. They'll need to, you know, improve on that going forward against the you know, bigger and better teams. I know that Monaghan are one of the top sides. They're going to be in Division 1 again next year. But considering how, like... You know, they're definitely not where they were this season. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's 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 an interesting one following Monaghan, all right, because a lot of the time you, you see the, the brilliance that they do have in, as you said, Carlo Connell look Connell look very good. You've got Connor McManus, obviously, um, Connor McCarthy, these lads, like on their day, Jack McCarron, like they can be top, top class forwards. Um, you just don't know what you're gonna get with them at the best of times. They do tend to have a bit of a flatness in them. Um but at the same time, like under under this new management in, in Vinnie Corey, like there does seem to be a bit of a battle about them. There does seem to be a bit of a bite about them, which I don't think was there in the Banty days. Like, and even like especially got like especially when Derry pulled it back and went to point up, you were worried a bit then for Monaghan that their heads would go and that Derry would probably get the next score and just seal the game out. But in fairness, like they they worked themselves back into it by winning the ball back. They obviously, you know, win the the last point, obviously, as well. So, like, there does seem to be a bit of a fight and a battle about Monaghan. Like, even when you think back to the Tyrone win as well a couple of weeks ago, like, there, there is that battle and bite about them. And, like, to be fair, getting a, getting a draw of Celtic Park with the fact that they've done Donegal and Clare to come, like, Monaghan possibly may be fancying their chances of, of winning this group now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I still look at it and would kind of think... Like, more on the side of can they keep out the other teams down at the other end? Like, because they, like, look in that first half against Tyrone, Tyrone's forwards looked like they could rip through Monaghan at pretty much any point of that game. Dara Canavan, Darren McCurry, they just looked awesome. Can Monaghan's defence deal with a forward line like Kerry's, like Mayo's, like Galway's? Like, can it deal with that? Like, we'll obviously find out as the championship rumbles on. But, yeah, I would look at it and think... You know, depending on other results, obviously, like Group D has kind of started nicely for Monaghan now. Like they've faced the hardest test by far and they've managed to get over that. So I feel like going forward, looking at Donegal and Clare, they'll be expecting to pick up two wins there. And if they can put up a higher score, which as we've talked about, Derry's forward line doesn't look as strong as it did in the first two games that they played. I actually would fancy Monaghan to beat Donegal and to beat Clare by more than Derry can. So yeah, I think it could it could be a situation where Monaghan could top the group. Yeah, and like and, and Derry in fairness, like they have to go to away to Donegal next week as well. Like and whatever you say about Donegal, I know they are a bit of a mess. Like they, they have a win under their belt now against Clare. 
Like it's all it, it's it's you know it's a tough place to go to regardless of of Donegal's form. So, um, so there we go. Like I mean, could Derry have put too much into that Ulster Championship? Do you think, or or, or what do you reckon? Or because like, there does seem to be a bit like too much of an over reliance on on Shane McGuigan, like. And that, that is the worry, like, aside from him, when you look at the rudder forwards, they don't seem to be getting enough, in my opinion. Oh, without doubt. I'm not trying to sound bad saying this. Like, the plan for Derry going forward now, like, the plan for Derry last year, this is why I was very impressed with them in the Ulster semi-final against Monaghan, was they hit 121. They were all attacking. They were all outlets. They were all willing to take the shot at the post. Like, the goal came from Conor McCluskey making that run through the defence. Their attacking plan last year was very much, let's work the ball up as a unit and let's try get it to Shane McGuigan and he can score. That was pretty much their attacking plan. This year, it seemed to be very much all-out attack whenever they had the ball. Now, we obviously know what has changed since that Ulster semi-final. And I just think since then, they've kind of gone back to the way that they were attacking last year. Like we see Shane McGuigan hit nine of their points in this game. Like that is way too reliant on one player and if he has an off day or if he's picked up by one of the best man markers out there i.e sean kelly like do you get what i mean like if he's picked up by sean kelly or tom o'sullivan from kerry and he has an off day i don't know if Derry have other players that they can turn to to bail them out hmm. yeah that is the that is the worry all right just going through some comments here sam says Derry have had a handy and fairness. And Gary says, as a Derry man, I won't worry about this. Monaghan are class. Derry are looking okay. Dublin will win at All Ireland. They're playing with us. Uh, Derry won't lose another game. Trust me. Except on the uh, on the final. Yeah, I don't know if I entirely agree with that, but I do get what you're saying. At the same time, uh, Gavin says Galway are going well because Walsh was given a break after. Kilmacle Croke, so why on earth was glass on for the Limerick game till now? Derry are running out of steam. I mean, it is an interesting point. Like, they have gone full tilt from the start of Division 2. They've had a lot, like, they, like, in fairness, as someone said there, like, Derry haven't had it easy. Like, I mean, to come through the Ulster Championship, like, having to beat Monaghan, then having to beat Armagh in, like, in an enthralling game, and obviously now in the group stages. Uh, obviously playing Monaghan, they, they go away to Donegal next week as well. Like, that could be a worry for Derry. But to be fair, that, that has, that's not a worry that's been gone away. And I'm sure it's something that the Derry management are, are fully aware of. Yeah, like I remember, like Glass was basically, like, completely agree with that comment. Glass was off the Waddy Graham's Glen bus and he was straight on to play for Derry, like, immediately yeah. after in a game that, let's be honest, Derry were going to win with or without him. I don't know why they insisted on getting him in. That was a perfect chance to try out. You know, someone else there in midfield. How will Emmett Bradley get on a midfield with Brandon Rogers, etc.? So I don't. I, oh, wait, no, that's a super point. Uh, Bradley was a Waddy Graham's Glen man as well. You get what I mean, though? Let's try somebody else in midfield with Brandon Rogers and see how that plays out. They didn't need him against Limerick. So I was kind of a bit confused when they went with him. But um, yeah, like I feel like, look, with Derry, they have gone through it the hard way. Absolutely gone through it the hard way. Like Monaghan and Armagh back-to-back, hugely testing. And then they get Monaghan again. And Monaghan side that, as we have discussed already on the programme, any team that had more time to look at their last result where they got beaten tended to do pretty well in the in their opening game here in the group stage. Monaghan had plenty of time to look at that Ulster, final, Ulster semi-final, sorry, break it down, 
look at what they did wrong, look at what they did right. And they came ready to put up a fight this time, and they certainly did. And it was a lot more of a game this time. Absolutely, absolutely. I suppose looking at uh, another game in the group stage, Armagh one thirteen, Westmead one twelve. Uh, obviously at the Athletic Grounds again, another game that, as you said, like a lot of games probably didn't go according to plan. I think a lot of people had Armagh winning this by six, seven, eight, possibly even more, even you know double digits. Like I had a Westmead fan on the show during the week, and even he was saying that you know this, this could be double digits. This could be ten plus. Um, and Westmead, in fairness, like they brought a huge amount of energy. Ron O'Toole gave the performance of his life, scoring one-one. John Heslin was very good, um, and for Armagh, like they they definitely played with a lot of fire. And with that Connor Turbot goal, it was definitely enough to to get them out of jail in the end. Um, far from convincing from an Armagh perspective, but look, a win's a win, and at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. But again, like from an Armagh perspective, it's you know, whether they were a top contender, I'm not entirely sure after a performance like this. It's interesting that you say that because it's like I was chatting to a few Armagh fans uh, outside Coke Park one of the days and um, they were just down in Dublin and I was chatting to them. I said, oh, how do you feel about the Armagh year? And then one of them just goes, well, here's one thing. We never make it easy for ourselves anyway. <laughs> and even though I was expecting Armagh to, you know, I honestly thought Armagh would blow Westmead away. I was mm. in the back of my head. I was thinking if there's one team that will, you know, drop their level and nearly get beaten in this game, it's Armagh because they tend to drop their level and play at the level of the team that they're playing against. Mayo have been a bad team for doing that as well down through the years. You look at 2017 when the same year they should have beaten Dublin in the All-Ireland Final. They also should have been knocked out in the qualifiers by a bang average Cork team that year. So it was gas that like teams tend to do that and Armagh tend to take their eye off the ball in games that they should annihilate their opponents. And lo and behold, here we are. Like Westmead will be absolutely kicking themselves that they lost that game. Like a late goal from Connor Turbot, not a, not the most clean goal as well. Like a pretty much just a kind of route one, something off the break. Andrew Mernon pops up with some clutch points and Westmead's best efforts come up short. But I do think that they did themselves proud because I have to say when I saw them fail to get out of Division 3, when I saw them fail to beat Fermanagh, when I saw them fail to win crucial games in Division 3 to get promoted, I was worried for them. Going into the All Ireland group stage, I thought, God, if they get a tough group here, like they could be <laughs> in real trouble. Yeah. And I have to say, they put their best foot forward in this one and gives me more hope for them going into their next few games now. Yeah, like it'll be tough for them to get anything from Galway or Tyrone in all honesty. No, they, but... they won't, but mm. like as long as they don't get three whippings, I yeah. think it's something to build on. Definitely something to something to build on. All right, I suppose the last game from the the football action. Loud one seventeen Cork, one nineteen Cork. Obviously having to to dig deep in the end. Like they started very strong. Um, they were they were leading at halftime. Loud obviously done a, a I suppose a, a big turnaround sort of towards the end of the first half. But Cork in the end hold on. Brian O'Driscoll uh, getting the decisive goal there from a Cork perspective. So big win for Cork. Like beaten by Loud obviously in the in the league earlier in the season. Uh, Loud obviously coming in, I know on the back of that 21-point defeat to Dublin, but they were coming in with a bit of momentum, obviously having come through Leinster. But fair play to Cork. Look, you know, it could have been easy for them to come into this heads down low after that defeat to Clare, but they knew they had to put in a performance, and in fairness, they did. 
Well, yeah, like, and I, I feel like this was the one that the minute that the groups were announced and Cork ended up in the situation that they ended up in, they would have known that Loud was the game to put the money on. Like, Loud was the one that, look, listen, if we're going to beat anyone in this group, it's not going to be Kerry, it's not going to be Mayo, it's going to be Loud. And I think they knew that fine well coming into this game and they put in a fantastic performance in stages of this game. Made it difficult for themselves at times. Like, um, the goal, I thought, wasn't something that they'll look back on, you know, with delight. You know, a big mistake in the defence, which obviously leads to Liam Jackson putting it in the net hilariously called Connor Corbett, by the way, by the RT commentary. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, that was a funny moment. But, um, yeah, an interesting, interesting game. I think an interesting back and forth between two sides that are definitely in rebuilding mode. Like, Loud obviously have been in rebuild now under Mickey Hart for a few years. Cork are just at the beginning of their journey, but I do think they have more natural talent in terms of their forwards. And I think that's why they got over the line in this game. Brian Hurley, fantastic performance from him. You know, first game back in in a while now, looked really, really good. And his influence on the Cork team cannot be underestimated. I thought he really, really led the way at key stages. And um, yeah, for Cork now, they've, they've got that win off their back. I don't think Loud are going to you know get a result off either Kerry or Mayo, especially beating them. So I think if Cork can just, you know, give those two games a lash now between Kerry and Mayo and and see what they can learn from them, see what they can pick up from them, um, I think it will do them all the good. Yeah, a few comments here. Finton says, I'd love to see Cork go on a good run, sleeping giant. Gavin says, from the last two weeks of action, could Kerry Cork be a draw? And Mikey says, Parky Cueve is the place to be next week. Cork have a fire in their belly and they'll rattle Kerry Supporters have no choice to back them now uh, that the, the hurlers are out. I um, suppose it's an interesting one, all right. Obviously, that game in Parky Cueve next week. Like, I know Kerry got got bet by Mayo, and maybe there's a bit of uncertainty about Kerry, but at the same time, you'd, you'd, you'd surely still expect Kerry will be too strong there. Um, but in fairness, like Cork do have this habit of raising their game against Kerry, raising their game against Dublin, getting up for these games. And, and I suppose, as Mikey was saying there, with the fact that that's going to be like it, hopefully, like the you know the crowd bring the noise and everything else. The fact the hurlers are out because there's a you know there's a, a small chance of an upset, and especially the way this year's championship is going, like you just never know. Like in fairness, yeah, I think it would be an absolute amazing result if Cork could pull it off. And I did this the truth is that remember I think it was was it last year or two years ago that Cork were excellent against Kerry for forty minutes and like were performing absolute heroics in defense, but then Kerry just turned on the gear, the gas and just pulled away from Cork in the last 20 minutes and ended up winning quite handsomely. But Cork for the first 40 minutes had shown insane levels of work rate, insane levels of fight, hunger, determination. If they can bring that energy and bring it consistently for the 70 minutes, then they absolutely could be in this game. Like this is a Kerry side that did get rattled by Mayo, but I feel like it's a Kerry side that now know that their safety net is is gone. They've lost that one game. If they lose another, they could be in trouble. So I feel like they will know that they need to win this game. And uh, I think they'll take it super, super seriously and probably will get over the line. Yeah, I think so as well. Like Because if Kerry were, like you'd, I think we'd all imagine Mayo would beat Loud. So then if Cork were to somehow get something from Kerry, then all of a sudden, you know, Kerry would be looking at possibly finishing third in the group, which I know is enough to get out of, but... You know, you're making you're making life a lot harder for yourself then. Um, moving moving forward. Um, 
suppose before we finish up, uh, player of the week and, and moment of the week from the football action, I mean, not a huge lot to, to probably choose from, but what are you thinking? Yeah, you're right. Not, not a huge lot to, to look at. I think one of the main ones that jumps out straight away is Ronan O'Toole from Westmead. Fantastic performance from him. Yeah. Um, and the Smith, I thought, deserves a shout from Common. I think he was really, really good. Keen McKeown impressed me for long periods of that game as well. Um, I'm flicking through all the games in my head. Uh, Brian Hurley from Cork. Great performance from him again. I would probably go for a round and no two from Westmead as my player of the week. I think he was fantastic for Westmead throughout that game. And unlucky that he didn't get something for his efforts. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, I'd probably, probably lean towards towards him as well. Like Brian Hurley, obviously, had a, a very, very good game as well, um, in, in fairness. Um, I think he scored eight points versus versus Loud. Carl um, O'Connell, maybe, either. Yeah, German Murtha as well for us common actually had a, a very, very decent game. And so did Kieran Murtha. Both Murthas as well were, were very good for, for us common in fairness. Definitely now Dublin Dublin players getting on, getting getting player of the week after after that performance. Um, but there we go. But yeah, I suppose we'll wrap this up here anyway. Cheers to anyone who obviously tuned in. Apologies for the connection issues at the start. Definitely gonna have to just change up the internet provider i think at this stage i've no idea what why why what was going on there um i thought it was shay's internet to begin with at the start and then yeah so I did really i so did i, I really the first myself. time this thing has acted up on me yeah yeah but uh but no cheers anyone who tuned in uh leave a like subscribe make sure to check out uh seamus's podcast as well play on ga search that into youtube make sure to to subscribe over there as well so uh yeah cheers anyone who tuned in and uh we'll speak to you all again soon